All right, first of all, I, I was talking to you know Donnie Kelly, our good friend Donnie Kelly, and he was telling me, he goes, man, I never realized what a bench coach did and all the stuff that he has to do. Have there been experiences like that with you, even though you've come up, you played, you coached, you've done everything? Now that you're a manager, what have you found that, oh, man, a manager has to do all this? Well, I, I think Donnie's right on that. When, when I started as a bench coach, you didn't realize how much the bench coach does. And in spring training, number one, he's done a phenomenal job because it's, essentially it's his camp. And he's running camp, but as as the manager, I I think the the biggest is the amount of time you spend on everything else besides baseball. You know, you're involved in a lot of different conversations. You know, as the manager, you're involved you know with you guys and the media, and there and there's more conversations on a daily basis. But organizationally, especially this year, when you know we're we're adjusting things, and with a new general manager and a new president, you're involved in a lot of different things. But it sounds I think you it also appears. No, it sounds like that you still get plenty of player time because, um, like Jimmy T said, you're all over the place. Yeah, I think that's really important to me personally, and it, it's funny. You know, we had Tom Kohler who, in camp who, who retired, but he and I were together when I was a quality control coach, and we had talked about at times being a bench coach or manager and, and the touches on players that you wanted to have, and it's extremely important to me. I think, as we've said from the beginning, Building relationships is the most important thing, and I want to make sure that those relationships are built between not only myself but, but our staff and the players. Have you found out that these guys, they want to be coached? They, they want your input? I think they want interaction. You know, I think today's player really wants interaction. They want the manager. <coughs> excuse me, they want the manager's voice and ears, and they, they want their concerns or the thoughts that they have about the game to be listened to, and it's very important for me that they're able to express those. Now, I remember I asked you earlier about you know, just the, the player, the input you've been getting from players, and you said you actually changed a couple things. What can you divulge what those were that you had? You, in other words, you had a plan in place, and then when the players said, "Hey, you know, maybe it would work better another way," you you listened to them. Well, I think some of it comes to do with uh, you know how we run some of our team defenses and our positioning, and players get out on the field and they'll tell you that you know the spacing's not right, or this doesn't feel good, or I'm too close, or I'm too far away from guys. And when you draw things up. You know, on a chalkboard or on a, a whiteboard, sometimes it looks really good and then it's not practical. And I think we have to be smart enough to, to work practically. And that's where the, the players' voices really come into play because they're the ones that are out on the field, you know, functioning and performing. That, that sounds like a lot of shift stuff that if they're not comfortable or, or how does that work? Yeah, some of it was shifts. Some of it was just general positioning of where we're throwing the ball and, and who's going to receive the ball. But when you're talking about about team defenses and you're talking about positioning at times when we when we put our players in a position they're not comfortable sometimes they're not comfortable because they've never been there and we have to explain this is why we should be there and then sometimes practically it just doesn't work it may it may work when we're when we're looking at it information wise but we have to put them in the best position to succeed okay number one question i get you know i walk around i'll say some listeners might recognize me and ask me and the number one question i get is are the pirates going to how good are they going to be so can I get, ask you that blanket state? People want to know. I mean, have, have, you got a, have you got a feeling to you can answer that question at this point? Yeah, I think that's a really good question, and I don't think I have the answer for that right now. I mean, with the fact of the core group we have, I think a lot of people, you know, have predicted how we're going to be, and like I've told you numerous times, I don't buy into those predictions. I'm buying into the guys we have on the field. But to specifically say, you know, what our record's going to be or how good, I, 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 don't, I think it's too early to tell. If we don't continue to get better, then, then that's going to be, you know, something that we're going to should be an issue for us, and we're going to have to continue to focus on. So, 
my main focus, our main focus, you know, I know Ben said it and I've continued to say it is we have to continue to get better with the group of guys we have. Right, talking to Derek Shelton here in the Pirates dugout at Lecom Park. Oscar Marin's come in. I've talked to a lot of the pitchers that have been around for a few years, rave reviews. They really like his program. What, what, what makes his program stand out? Well, number one, he's an excellent communicator. I think that's first and foremost. And you know, going back to our initial point, he's giving them a, a voice in terms of what we're doing and how we're doing it. And then the other thing, I think he's done a really good job identifying our pitcher's strengths and then relaying that to pitchers, not only used on based on information that we have, but what he sees on video and visually and just using baseball, you know, common sense. And when you're able to combine both those two things and he does a really good job of that, then it sparks really good conversations. And I, I think it's going to benefit our, our pitchers. All right, speaking of pitchers, I know Brault is shut down here for a little bit. He should be back, I think, I don't know, what, next week or so. It looks like there were five guys, five starting pitchers, definitely, that you can look at and say, okay, there's five starting pitchers. What do you have beyond that? Well, I think we're continuing to build our depth. I think any team, if you sit and talk to any manager, they're going to tell you that starting pitching depth is probably the most important thing you have. So it's a situation for us where we have some guys we'll probably continue to look and, and make sure that if there's guys out there that could help us as we go further, that that would be the case. And, you know, we have we have a core group, but we need to continue to build it. And relief-wise, there are some pieces there, it looks like, especially the guys, and I know you, you know, this is a knock on wood time, but where the guys that are coming off rehab assignments, those guys have started out really well. And if you can get those guys back, then how much depth does that add? Yeah, that adds a ton of depth. And I think that's uh, a testament to those players because going through any rehab situation is difficult because you're grinding and you're not doing it with the major league club and you're doing it you know, in Bradenton and you're doing it on backfields. And it's a testament to our, our training staff and our, and our physical therapists that, that they put in the time to get these guys back. And like we've talked about, with those rehab guys, we plan on those guys being a big part of our club. The biggest thing day to day is health and monitoring their health and making sure that they're very transparent with how they're feeling. And if we continue to get those guys back with the other guys we have in our bullpen, then it just lengthens out you know, our bullpen strength and our bullpen depth. Is Chad Cool going to get lengthened out here in the near future? Yeah, he. I mean, he will. We're definitely, there's a progression to what he's doing. There will be you know, times where he gets lengthened out as we continue to go forward. All right, offensively, uh, the, the game, we're, we're speaking on Monday, uh, even though it's hard. Have you got, gotten into that thing in spring training where, like, every day is Tuesday kind of thing where you have to just think twice about, wait, what day is it? Yeah, I have no idea really what day it is at all in spring training. I mean, I'm fortunate with the fact that, that I live in the St. Pete Beach area, so I go home, and I kind of know what day it is if my kids are at home during the day or if, or if they're not getting up the next morning. So that's kind of how I am. But, yeah, I ask Donnie most days what day it is. He doesn't know what day it is. I mean, he didn't know that even even when you get up north. He, yeah. might, he, he might not know. But but uh, we, we love Donnie, of course. Um, but I, I, for lack of a better term, I call this a real lineup that, that you're, you're putting out there against the Blue Jays with guys look like in spots where they'd be comfortable. And Dyson's back. He was not batting leadoff, so he wanted to get him at bats. But, but, but is this where you start to, after the off day coming up especially, that, okay, we got two weeks left until the season and it's time to, it's almost go time? Yeah, I think you'll see lineups that are more consistent. There'll probably still be guys bounced around because we haven't, you know, decided on who's going to hit where yet for in most situations, and you'll still see it be a little fluid. And, and, you know, there may be times where you see guys hit higher than they normally would during the season just because of the at-bats they've had during the spring. But I think after this next off day, we'll have a better idea of 
the function of the core and how guys are going to how guys are going to feed off each other. I don't know what you expected from Gregory Polanco. I don't know what any of us did, but so far to me, you know, people ask me who stood out to you in camp. Polanco is the first one that comes to my mind. I would agree with that 100%. And you know, I think from when we talked in the off season of what his health was going to be and and where he was going to be at, and the message that he and I had was just the fact that he has to be on the field. And I think it's my job to monitor that and monitor his health and how he's doing it. But the energy he's brought, not only in the outfield, uh, at the plate, his at-bats have probably by far been our best in terms of how advanced they are and how attention to detail they are. And then the way he's run the bases. I mean, we've put a, a very heavy emphasis on base running in our secondary leads and our primary leads and our turns. And, and I think he stood out in terms of doing that. He's had two situations where he's had to slide and break up double plays, and he's been really hard on it. And uh, his leads and his break, it, it's been outstanding. I mean, I, I can't talk enough about how that's a testament to him, you know, being the longest tenured pirate. And guys look to him, and the fact that he's buying in on it, it's been great. Anybody else stick out to you? Yeah, there's been some guys that have done some really good things. Our catchers have really caught the ball well. I think coming in, we knew that that was going to happen. Uh, Phil Evans continues to have, you know, really consistent at-bats. JT Riddle has had good at-bats. Uh, knew that Reynolds was going to have good at-bats. That, you know, didn't surprise me. The fact that, you know, Heredia right from the get-go, the defense he's played, I, I think has kind of stood out. And, uh, you know, Key Bryan on both sides of the ball has been really good. I was going to ask you specifically about him. I know we've asked you about him because he does stuff. Uh, does he have a chance to make the 26-man the roster? Yeah, I think there's a chance. I mean, I don't think we're we're saying yes or no in, in regard to any things. I think there are things that, you know, we obviously know he has development-wise to continue, you know, things that to be a, a very good major leaguer, which is he's going to do, that he needs to continue to develop. So those are the things that we're monitoring and evaluating on. In terms of lineup construction, um, because, uh, again, you've been on all on all ends of this, and there's so much information coming down from the analytics guys, and they're going to give you certain things. How, how are you able to marry that information with just you being an old-school baseball guy? Well, I think the first thing is, is I encourage our informatics group. I encourage our staff. Informatics now. That's, yeah, there's another one. Informatics, that's that's the group. I, I encourage those guys to, to give me their opinions and to challenge me, and I think the best managers I've been around, they've used that group of people in that way, and I think there has to be challenges because we know going forward there's going to be things that don't look right things that you know we screw up that happens we have to be able to discuss those things uh i've had you know both the Eckstein brothers and, and mike rubello give me lineups and and what their thoughts are on and and we go back and forth donnie and i talk about it so i think the more input you get on you get in on it you get more opinions and you get varying opinions with specific reasons and those are good and those are you know the conversations that we have during the game we have after the game we have pre-game we have in the car ride to spring training games because we have to be in a situation where we're putting the best situ- the best lineup forward and the best situation forward and I think it's going to be a challenge for most managers that are doing it this year because of the three batter minimum. Yeah, I was going to ask you I don't want to necessarily get bogged down in some of the minutiae with that but but in terms of of just you seem to know everybody, by the way. It's and I guess it's you, could, you know the Toronto, you know Toronto, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, which you played a lot. But anyway, is it an advantage at all? And I know you open up with with Tampa Bay and Kevin Cash, but is it an advantage that some of your closest friends, as that are now managers, are in the other league, and so they might feel more free about giving you information that <laughs> that, that that would help you? You know what I mean? Yeah, we ha- I mean, we have very open dialogue. I don't ask them to give me what they're specifically doing, but I think in, in general terms, I have talked to all three of those managers about, you know, what their thoughts are on it. I mean, we open up with 
with Tampa, obviously, so Kevin's not going to tell me specifically what he's doing. But I, I think we're in an unknown area with certain things that are happening, certain rule changes, and how we're going to, to function with them. And it's not just that group of guys, but I lean on guys that have managed previously and other veteran managers just about you know what their thoughts are because I don't think anybody has it figured out. And it's an open dialogue between a, a large group of people.